What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the X's and Oaks podcast. I'm Jackson Peebles with, as always, Matthew Landry. Um, Alabama gets an 81-73 win over Mississippi State, a little closer than, uh, you know, we might have expected. But nonetheless, Alabama's 8-0 in the SEC. Um, they've got Kentucky next on Tuesday night on ESPN. Um, but, Matt, let's uh, get into the Mississippi State game first. What were your initial thoughts um, on the win? Yeah, so this is the first time in over a month now I've watched a game frustrated. I mean, that's the we've, – we've played so well for the last two weeks that I haven't had to think about, you know, issues we're having or things that we've got to clean up. And honestly, I mean, I think the main issue we had was the effort just wasn't on the same level that it had been for the past couple of weeks early on, really until the two-minute mark in the first half. It was kind of – like a days of cool, it was kind of just slow. The rotations were slow. Um it, it, that continued on in the second half here and there. Um, they killed us on the offensive boards. We gave them too many second chance points. I mean, we only, we, they only had 11. It seemed like a lot more than that, though. Um, Adu, it's a good to see a 12th year player play so well. Um, three blocks. Um, he he didn't get credited with a lot of rebounds, but he made it really tough on Alabama to pull it down because of the attention we had to put on him. They had their other post players come in and clean it up. Smith had, I think, four boards on the offensive end. Um, but all in all, I, I was pretty pleased with our performance. The It seemed like we were almost looking ahead to Kentucky a little bit. Um, so I, I'm not going to harp too much on it. I think effort was the only issue. But Primo played fantastic. Uh, we got good minutes from Keon Ambrose Hilton, who, you know, kind of just seeing the spot minutes here and there. I thought he gave a lot of good effort. He played hard. He hit a mid-range shot, so I'm surprised – Oates didn't kind of go into him <laughs> right after that, which I'm sure he may have. Um, but And also, it was an off night from John Petty, who only shot 40% from three. So, right. all in all, probably our worst game of conference play. Scored 81 points, one by eight. Can't be too upset. Right. And Ambrose Hilton was kind of forced to play there because, you know, Alabama started <laughs> yeah. um, in what their small lineup, I guess, which is now just their regular lineup with Reese at the five. Um, mm -hmm. And Mississippi State was really attacking that, like, they, they don't have bad shooters, but they don't shoot the ball a ton. You know, their identity is to, you know, get it in the paint, um, you know, get shots at the rim and try to offensive rebound. We talked about that on the preview. Um, they, you know, that's kind of what they want to do. They wanted to make this game a little uglier than Alabama wanted it. Um, and so they kind of forced their hand there. And I thought, like you said, I thought Ambrose Hilton did a really good job. Um, you know, he kind of was able to – equalize a dude down there and keep uh, Mississippi State off the offensive glass. Um, the biggest thing to me in this game was that Mississippi State really, they dictated the pace and the style of the game, um, which was kind of frustrating to me. But then at the same time, it showed that, you know, there's a lot of teams that Alabama could run into that are going to be like that, you know, maybe uh, in the SEC tournament and then NCAA tournament. Alabama showed that they could win, you know, that style too. You know, they, like you said, they only scored 81. Um, this game had a f had fewer possessions than what an Alabama game usually does. I think it had 73 possessions. Alabama still scored 81 points, so they're still scoring. You know, they were still very efficient on offense. Um, defensively, I think, was um, a little frustrating, especially in the first half. Um, what did you see from, you know, the defense? You know, it seemed like Mississippi State was able to get some drives to the rim. You know, we're not used to seeing Alabama opponents get. Yeah, they did get some easy drives to the rim. And also, I mean, I know you tweeted out from the film room account early on, they were shooting a lot of tough pull-up mid-range shots 
And I think we all thought at some point they're going to start missing those, and, and they, they kept hidden. Um, mm. But defensively, I, I feel like there's a little slow in rotations at times. There's Especially down the stretch in the second half, it seemed like we would hit a three with Shaq or Petty, and it's like, all right, the game's over. We put it away. Then we give up a wide-open corner three on the other end. Um, so it just seemed like the, the rotations were a little slow, um, which led to some drives as well. But, I mean, credit to Mississippi State, they took advantage of it. I mean, the, there's a lot of teams in this conference that wouldn't have necessarily taken advantage the way that Mississippi State did. You could tell they were playing up for this game. Um, they were trying to take advantage of Alabama playing a little bit down. Um, so I, I, you got to give credit to Mississippi State where it's due. They, I think they were a little bit better than we both gave them credit for. Yeah, and this was kind of the first game since Alabama's got that national attention where, you know, they're going into a game expecting, you know, where they were expected to win um, and win by a pretty good margin. Um, so they didn't necessarily pass that test. You know, they kind of came out a little sluggish. Um, Mississippi State definitely brought the energy in the first half. Um, but I think Alabama made adjustment. They came out, looked good to start the second half, and then Mississippi State made a light push. But to me, I never felt like um, – the game was out of Alabama's hands. Like I, I was pretty confident throughout the entire um, second half. Um, another thing that was interesting in the game is that Mississippi State, they didn't stay attached to shooters as much as um, teams have. I tweeted a clip out of a little earlier. They were playing really in the gaps, and they were trying to um, discourage those driving kick threes that we were, um, that we're, you know, we've been living on for the past few weeks, but um, they kind of took that blueprint kind of like from Stanford early in the year, you know, where you fill the gaps, um, load, load to the ball side, you know, and trying to keep us out of the paint and just hope that those, you know, top to wing threes and wing to corner threes that, you know, they just hope that we miss. But one thing that I like that we adjusted to is we started getting some more off ball action, you know, getting those, we all like to run that hand back action, you know, where you kind of like a, dribble handoffs, there's a little pitch back, and we run that into a ball screen. And I thought that was a really nice adjustment that Oates and uh, the staff made to get some, uh, you know, kind of move the defense a little bit and then get some driving kicks. Um, what did you see from Mississippi State's defense? You know, maybe gave Alabama a little trouble, especially uh, in the early going. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they filled the gaps really well, kind of taking into what Stanford did and was successful with. Um, I mean, another thing is Mississippi State, like Molinar and Stewart, those are pretty long guards. I mean, they've got long arms, they're athletic, they're able to kind of disrupt those passing lanes and make things hard. Um, so it was kind of, it wasn't an ideal matchup. Mississippi State's not terrible on the defensive end. They play hard. Howland, he has his guys ready to play. Um, but they, they did a good job trying to take away the rim. It kind of, I mean, it, like with LSU, for example, Alabama was just hot from three. We didn't have to shoot at the rim. But Alabama got to the rim where they wanted in that game. Um, so Mississippi State wasn't letting that happen. They were going to make Alabama earn it. Um, the officials didn't blow the whistles a whole lot, which wasn't great for Alabama on that end of the floor. Um, but I, I thought all in all, I thought defensively Mississippi State had a really good game. And even a game that seemed sloppy for Alabama, like you mentioned, the possessions were in the 70s. We were – still scored 81. I mean, it was a pretty efficient night on a night that seemed kind of frustrating on both ends of the floor. Yeah, and in the Stanford game and then game in Clemson game um, against, you know, two really good defenses like that, you could tell Alabama, they got frustrated and then they were just like, you know, we're just going to shoot these, uh, settle for these pull-up threes and it didn't go all that well. Um, 
But last night, um, I thought that they handled it really well. I mean, if you shoot 52% from two and 41% from three, especially at the volume that Alabama takes threes, you're going to be tough to beat. You know, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, they didn't get frustrated. You know, the coaching staff made adjustments in the players. You know, they stuck to what they um, to what they do, and I thought that was big um, for them to not get frustrated when they saw, you know, well, man, they're taking, you know, some of these drives away. We're used to them staying on shooters and not helping off and having these one-on-one uh, takes to the rim. Um, but I want to talk about Herb Jones for a second because he absolutely filled the stat sheet. So he played 37 minutes. Um, I, you know, he might not have gone out of the game if he hadn't been banged up on his hip, um, which he, you know, he hoped we were thankful he wasn't hurt worse than that. 17 points, three of four from two, two of four from three, five of seven at the free throw line, um, seven assists, five rebounds, three turnovers, three blocks, four steals. What can you, I mean, how do you even explain what Herb Jones can bring to a basketball team? I mean, I'm lost for words trying to talk about him because, I mean, he, he does everything you need. You know, the biggest knock on him was, oh, he can't shoot. Now he's a legitimate threat. You can't leave him open from three. Um, I mean, he's shooting, I think, just under 50% of the season. And you can say, oh, well, it's low volume. He's still hitting him. It doesn't matter what the volume is. You can't leave him open now. You play up too close on him. He's got speed and ball skills where he can drive right by you, and he's athletic enough to dunk on your head if you don't help over quick enough. Defensively, I mean, I love Eves Pons. He's a terrific defender. Herb Jones is the best defender in this league. Herb Jones is locking down guards. He's locking down wings. He's switching over to big guys. He's got three blocks. He blocked – who was it that he blocked into oblivion? I don't even remember. Yeah. But it seems like he's got a huge block every game. He disrupts passing lanes. He's got four steals. He picks your pocket. It, what can he not do? He's playing point forward. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah, I remember the, there's one play where um... – a guy drove in and her kind of stunted and just, you know, slapped mm-hmm. down at the ball, just hit nothing but ball. Just he, the, the knack that he has for things like that on the defensive end, it's incredible. And I mean, he's the guy that Alabama, without him, there's no telling where they'd be. I mean, they've obviously, they've got good players um, all around, but nobody does the little things more than Herb. And, you know, I think he's won probably like 75% of the hard hats this season. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, I don't think you can put a, price tag on the value that he brings to this basketball team and you know offensively defensively um mentally from a toughness standpoint um it's just Mm -hmm. incredible and you know we'll be sad to see him go um I do think he you know he's carving himself out a role in the NBA just because you know there's room for players like him in the league but what he did you know I just want to really wanted to mention that because that performance deserves uh some applause yesterday um so you know, nice win for Alabama. You know, they, they struggled early on. You know, Mississippi State kind of, you know, pushed them a little bit. But I thought that they, you know, kept their heads, um, you know, made some adjustments um, and ultimately got a win, which, you know, it's it's tough to win every game in this league, you know. Power five or power six, seven, however many power conferences we have now. It's tough to win those games night in, night out, whether you're at home, on the road. You know, everybody can everybody can bring it. So, um can't ask for much more than a win. So on Tuesday night, Alabama's got Kentucky again, this time at home. Uh, Kentucky, you know, beat LSU last night, what, by 15 points? Yeah. Um, 
know, that might not seem like much considering what Alabama did LSU, but, you know, that was kind of unexpected. Um, what do you think has changed, if anything, uh, maybe a f- switch has been flipped for this Kentucky team since the last time that Alabama saw them? Yeah, so, I mean, Kentucky lost on a last-second play to Georgia, which is an inexcusable loss. I think everyone was kind of on Kentucky after that. Well, they followed up by scoring 82 points against LSU, which LSU is one of the worst defenses in the conference. There's no doubt about it. They have no motivation to defend whatsoever. But defensively, Kentucky was really, really good. Um, they did a good job of taking away things from Watford and from Cam Thomas. They didn't give them anything easy. I think Cam Thomas was like 6 of 20 or something like that. I mean, they, they forced him into some really bad shots and tough shots with the length they have. Keon Brooks had a good game. Um, B.J. Boston's really coming into himself. Uh, he started to figure it out against Georgia. He was 7-17 against LSU. He got 18 points. He's just starting to really understand his role and the really the potential he has. Um, Isaiah Jackson had 15 boards against LSU. I mean, it, it's the same Kentucky. I think now they're playing desperate. I think Cal's kind of convinced them – this is the time where you've got to step up and get some wins if you want any prayer of getting into the NCAA tournament. So what I would expect going into this game is, is Cal's going to have his team playing desperate, saying, you know, I mean, let's say, I mean, I think we're going to be ranked top 15 tomorrow when the rankings come out. I would say probably around 12. So Cal's going to say this is a top 10 team in the net, top 10 team in Ken Palm, top 15 team in the country. If you win a game like this, this builds your resume. This is a good start to kind of get into conference play. You got to get some wins. I think it's going to be a motivating factor for his team that they're going to play desperate. And if Alabama plays the way they did last night against Mississippi State on the defensive end and rebounding-wise, it's going to be a long night. Um, so I think Kentucky's going to play really hard. They look like maybe they're figuring out an offense, but was it just a bad LSU team? And I'm curious to see how this one goes. Yeah, I'm too. And, you know, this is one of those games where it's – you know, you look at you look at it on paper, and you look at the records, and you're like, you know, the way Alabama's playing, you know, this shouldn't be close. But Kentucky, they still, they still have the guys. You know, if you know, like you said, if Alabama is allowing penetration like they did against Mississippi State, you know, every guard that Kentucky has is probably better than Molinar and Stewart. And you know, so if Boston's figuring it out, you know, and he's able to get get his head down and get to the rim, or even make some shots, um, Askew and Mintz and those guys. You know, they can be tough to contain. So, in Kentucky, like you said, Kentucky shut down LSU. Um, you know, Cam Thomas, you know, maybe the best offensive player in the league, um, at least up there. You know, they shut him down. They've got really good individual defenders, and they've got a lot of team uh, length and athleticism on the defensive end. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a problem for Alabama last time. But, like you said, this little more motivated Kentucky team. And, you know, Keon Brooks has been a big addition for them, especially offensively. I think he's averaged like 10 or 11 points a game uh, since he's debuted. So, you know, he's been big, and maybe that's the X factor in this game. Um, But ultimately, I think that if Alabama can, you know, at least keep Kentucky off the offensive glass and, you know, not let some of those guards get free, that Alabama still has the upper hand in the game. Um, How do you expect it playing out? Maybe uh, what are some keys for Alabama to get a win? Yeah, so I mean, it it's hard to beat good teams twice. I know Kentucky's five and nine. Kentucky's still a decent team. Kentucky's going to be in my. I still think they're going to finish top sixty in the net when it's all said and done. They're still going to get Terrence Clark back in a couple weeks. Um, they're going to they're going to get better. Um, so it's hard to beat good teams twice. 
for Alabama, they've got to limit offensive rebounds. If you give Kentucky 15-plus offensive boards, it's going to be a really close game, closer than it should be, and Alabama could lose the game. I mean, that Kentucky's going to try to make their living on second-chance points. They're going to try to turn you over. You can't, you can't have unforced turnovers. Um, one of the shocking things to me was LSU only had five turnovers in that loss to Kentucky. Whenever I see that score, I would think Kentucky just turned them over. They got a lot of points in transition. They just forced bad shots. So you can't you can't hurt yourself with self-inflicted turnovers. You got to take smart shots, and that's a that's something that as the season's gone on, Alabama's gotten a lot better at moving the ball, taking the right shot at every possession. So that to me isn't too much of a concern. But it's just one of those things that you you just got to take advantage of always having the right shot. What what are some of your keys to this game and? Kind of what, what are some ways you can see Alabama counteract what Kentucky's going to throw at us? Yeah, and you mentioned uh, LSU not having that many turnovers, and that's the thing that's kind of odd about Kentucky's defense. You know, they're right now they're 14th in defensive efficiency um, and in the SEC play, but they've kind of slipped to fifth in SEC play. But um, they don't force turnovers um, like you would expect a top 15 defense would, um, only 17%, uh, which is close down to the bottom of the country, um, sitting at 273rd. And then they're also, as good as they are on the offensive glass, they're equally as um, bad on the defensive glass. Um, so that's kind of an odd formula for uh, Kentucky. But what they do is, you know, they like you said, they force bad shots and they don't foul. You know, Alabama's proven that, you know, they can score without getting to the foul line. Uh, but, you know, that's part of the formula that Oates wants, you know. And, you know, if there is maybe an offensive weakness for Alabama right now, um, that would be one of them is getting to the foul line. You know, uh, their free throw rate is 200th in the country. Um, once you get down into, you know, the NCAA tournament and you're playing good teams, um, especially some really good defenses, that's going to be something that Alabama's going to have to clean up. Um, you know, we talked about how they're getting to the rim more, but right now their free throw rate, and um, that's something that needs to be boosted a little bit if Alabama's going to be, you know, truly an elite team, um, especially offensively. But I think against Kentucky, I still think that, um, like you said, Kentucky, they're, they're a decent team, and they're definitely good enough to beat um, Alabama on any given night. Um, you, know, you know, they've beaten Florida and LSU, who are probably two top four or five teams in the league. Um, so, you know, this is not an opponent Alabama can take lightly, you know, which them being the brand that they are probably prevents that. But um, like I said earlier, I think if Alabama just plays their game um, – you know, it does kind of worry me, Kentucky, on defense. You know, if Alabama has an off-shooting night, um, you know, I think this could be a close game. But if Alabama is able to keep their guards in front of them um, and they don't let those guys get loose to the rim and, you know, if Kentucky – Kentucky's not a good shooting team at all. You know, they've only got a couple guys that are consistent shooters. So as long as Alabama keeps them out of the paint, then I think Alabama will win this game. Um I do think it's going to be close. I'll say 82 to 74 Alabama win. But I do think Alabama just got too much offensive firepower, even if Kentucky tries to slow the game down a little bit and turn it into a slugfest. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I would agree with that. This is a game that I think Kentucky wants to keep it below 80s. For If Alabama gets above 80, I think they win this game. If Kentucky holds them under – 70 75 it's going to be a really tough game to win um i will also go with an alabama win 
I'll go 81 to 70. I think it's going to be really close until the last two and a half, three minutes. And I think Alabama's got a couple games of experience of close games now. Um, so I think that they're going to kind of ride the momentum. They know what's at stake here. Um, got to keep building this lead in SEC play. Um, so I think that the leadership of Petty, Herb Jones, Shaq, and guys like that are going to take over down the stretch and lead this team to a win. Yeah, I agree with you. And now I want to get to some uh, questions that we had. The first one is, do you expect Kentucky to follow a, sim uh, follow a similar blueprint to Mississippi State, keep Alabama out of the paint and limit kick out threes? Um, I don't expect them to play just like Mississippi State does. Um, I think Kentucky trusts their individual defenders enough to kind of like man up um, and try to limit penetration uh, that way. And I don't see them helping off shooters a lot, Matt. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think they're going to help off too much. I think, you know, I, the problem with Kentucky last time around is that their guards just couldn't stay in front of Alabama's guards. I think they're going to be a little bit more prepared for what to expect. I think they expected Alabama just to move the ball and jack up threes last time. Alabama got to the rim at will. I think their guards can be a little bit more motivated to keep Alabama out of the paint. Um, so I don't think they're going to help off shooters too much. And when you got a guy like Isaiah Jackson protecting the rim, you don't have to help off shooters all that much because you have such good weak side protection. Well, that's what I was just about to say is, you know, they can they can afford to, you know, trust their length and stuff guarding the ball because, you know, Isaiah Jackson back there, you know, maybe the best shot blocker in the country. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that gives you a little leeway on that. Um, so that's going to be tough for Alabama. You know, they were able to get some good looks against Kentucky uh, the last time they played. Um, but I do think that I don't expect them to play a lot like Mississippi State did. I think they'll just kind of man up and, you know, try to force some tough shots at the rim and, you know, try to stay attached to shooters. Um, second question is, based on how the state game played out, can you see a team that has a dominant big man in the paint getting Alabama problems like Iowa with Luka Garza? Um, well, specifically Iowa, they're going to give anybody problems because they're the best offense in the country. Um, yeah. You know, so Luka Garza would definitely get his against Alabama, no matter who we've got, whether Bruner was back or not. Um, but, you know, after reading this question, I kind of racked my brain to think of it, but I want to hear your thoughts first. What do you think is the formula to beating Alabama right now? Yeah, so I would let, – let's say Brenner's in the picture because he's going to be back by the NCAA tournament. Um, I think having an elite big man does uh, pose Alabama some mismatch, mismatch problems. We saw it with Western Kentucky when we played Charles Bassey, Bassey, however you say his last name. Um, so an elite big man – it's going to give Alabama issues because it on the defensive end, you're able to take away so many drives and you can discourage that so well. I mean, Stanford did it with Oscar De Silva um, on the offensive end. Alabama's gotten much better as the season's gone on against bigs with their digs, with taking away passing lanes, whether it's fronting the post or just denying with help. Um, so I think that on the defensive end, Alabama's a bit more prepared. I think where it hurts Alabama most is whenever – we're playing an elite big man that's elite on the defensive end as well. I think it really mm -hmm. discourages Alabama. But from an offensive standpoint, if we're playing Luka Garza, he's going to drop 30. He does it against the best of the best. Um, but, I mean, let's compare it to someone like, I don't know, like Olivier Saar. I don't, I'm not a guy that's huge on Olivier Saar, but Alabama has defended him just fine. And I think yeah. a lot of the big men you're going to face moving forward in SEC play or in the NCAA tournament are going to be similar to guys like Olivier Saar, Jeremiah Tillman. And, I mean, Jeremiah Tillman's a guy that I'm ready to see how we defend him. Um, so, it, it's something to watch as the season goes on. But I think that's one of the things that can pose Alabama more problems than other uh, 
weaknesses they may have. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's just got to, for right now, the, you know, I think the form would be in Alabama is having a team that kind of plays like Alabama does. I mean, because you're, you know, if you have a big man that's, um, you know, say he's eating in the paint against Alabama, if you're not able to keep Alabama from, you know, uh, making threes, then it's really not going to matter. Because that's the thing that Alabama has on everybody else is that they're just more efficient on the offensive end. Um, so to me, I think it's got to be a team that can shoot the ball, um, maybe uh, offensive rebound, and then uh, uh, be able to run Alabama off the line defensively and uh, keep them from getting easy looks at the rim. So, you know, there's a couple teams like that. I mean, you know, you get that's why teams like Villanova, um, Baylor, Gonzaga, that's why they're at the top, because they can do that. Um, so I do think, you know, right now there's not a whole lot of teams playing better than Alabama. Um, but I think if you take a team that plays Alabama style, um, but maybe with a little little more talent and a little uh, more efficiently, that's the biggest uh, mismatch for Alabama. Because, you know, we've, we've seen SEC teams try to do what Mississippi State did. You know, Tennessee tried to do it. Ole Miss tried to do it. You know, Alabama is fine with that. You know, they can – their interior defense is good enough. Um, Alabama's fine with, you know, if you want to take those uh, layups and, you know, pound at the paint, you know, we'll beat you with threes. So, I, you know, I don't think that uh, really worries me with Kentucky. I don't think they have the talent in the front court to do it, um, offensively at least. Um, so, to answer his question, Luca Garza, yes. Everybody else, no. <laughs> but uh, – so that's all I have. Uh, Matt, you have any uh, parting thoughts for the Kentucky game or Mississippi State or anything? Uh, no, not for those two. Alabama's playing Iowa. What's the spread? Ugh. Now, Iowa looked pretty bad against Indiana. <laughs> um, Indiana kind of gave him some trouble with the pack line. I'd say probably Iowa maybe minus five or six would be the okay. spread for that what, one. What's the under? Oh, gosh. 180. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the over. Yeah. 95, 94. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in as always. And we'll be back with you after hopefully another Alabama win over Kentucky. See ya.